0: Welcome to Black History 365 The Throwdown, a series where I explain, educate, and explore historical events, unsung Black figures in world history, and recount the struggles and triumphs of Black people worldwide. I'm your host, Yusuf Hirsi, and in this episode, I'll be presenting the life of Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican-born Black nationalist and leader of the Pan-Africanism movement, which envisioned to unify and connect people of African descent worldwide. In the United States, he was recognized as a civil rights activist who founded the Negro World Newspaper, a shipping company called Black Star Line and the Universal Negro Improvement Association, a fraternal organization of black nationalists. This group advocated for separate but equal status for persons of African descent and as such, they sought to establish independent black states around the world, notably the West African nation of Liberia. From what I can remember, I believe that Marcus Garvey could have been an inspiration for the character Rastix hoarder in Ralph Ellison's 1952 novel, Invisible Man marcus mosiah garvey was born on august 17 1887 in saint anne's bay jamaica to marcus garvey senior and sarah jane richards his father was a stonesman and his mother a household servant even though the couple had 11 children only marcus and one other sibling survived into adulthood garvey attended school in jamaica until he was 14 but would leave the island's nation capital when he went on to work as an apprentice in a print shop. His first experience with racism in grade school was from white his white teachers. Furthermore, his time in Kingston, Jamaica as a worker in, the, in a print shop gave him the opportunity to be involved in the labor union for print tradesmen in Kingston. That kind of work inspired him and set the stage for his activism in later in life. From Kingston, he spent time in Central America Where he stayed with relatives before moving to london in 1912. his next stop was britain where he attended the university of london's burbeck college where he studied law and philosophy on top of that he also worked for a pan-africanism newspaper and led debates at speaker's corner in hyde park london a famous spot in the city for public discourse even today after two years in London, where he would go on to receive an education that would likely have been unavailable to him in the United States due to him being black, he then would return back to Jamaica. Moreover, it was during this time that he started the Universal Negro Improvement Association. Garvey connected with Booker T. Washington, the African American leader, author, and activist who was born into slavery. In 1916, Garvey boarded a ship set for the United States and took the momentum he built from his studies abroad and brought his invigorating public speaking skills intent on going on a lecture tour once he got to the States. He ended up settling in New York City, speaking for the first time on American soil at the famous St. Mark's Church before embarking on a 38-city speaking tour. In addition, he returned to working in a print shop to make ends meet. While in New York, he authored the Declaration of Rights of the Negro Peoples of the World, which was ratified at the convention of the Universal Negro Improvement Association at Madison Square Garden in 1920. During this meeting, Garvey was elected Provisional President of Africa. In many of Garvey's lectures, he summarized his views on the rights of African Americans, stating that the first dying that is to be done by the black man in the future will be done to make himself free and then when we are finished if we have any charity to bestow we may die for the white man but as for me I think I've stopped dying for him Harvey would tell members of the Universal Negro Improvement Association in 1921 if you want liberty you yourselves must strike that the the blow if you must be free You must become so through your own effort until you produce what the white man has produced. You will not be as equal. Established the first U S chapter of the universal Negro improvement association in 1917 in Harlem and began to publish the Negro world newspaper. Soon his speaking engagements took on an angry tone in which he questioned how the United States could call itself a democracy when across the country, people of color were still oppressed. By 1919, he and his associates set up the shipping company, Black Star Line, under the auspices uh, of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, which by then had grown to include more than four million members. Not long after the Black Star Line had purchased its first ship, the SS Yarmouth, and rechristened to being called the SS Frederick Douglass, the company began its African Redemption Liberia program with the idea of establishing a nation on the west coast of Africa for African Americans or those who were born into slavery or were the descendants of slaves. Garvey was married twice. His first marriage to Amy Ashwood, who was a fellow activist in the Universal Negro Improvement Association, ended in divorce in 1922. Later that year, Garvey married Amy Jacquees, who was also active in social causes. The couple had two sons together, Marcus Mosiah Garvey III and Julius Winston Garvey. Because of his outspoken activism and black nationalism, Garvey became a target of J. Edgar Hoover at the Bureau of Investigation a precursor to the FBI. The BOI began investigating Garvey on charges of mail fraud in connection with the brochure for the Black Star Line that included a photo of a ship before the company actually had a vessel in its fleet. Hoover, who referred to Garvey as a notorious Negro agitator, even hired the first Black FBI agent in 1919 to spy on Garvey. In 1923, after a controversial trial, Garvey was found guilty of these charges and sentenced to a maximum of five years in prison. He blamed the Jewish judge and Jewish juries for his conviction, saying that they sought retribution against him after he had agreed to meet with the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan several months prior to the trial. Garvey believed he and the KKK shared similar views on segregation, given he sought a separate state for African-Americans. He began serving his sentence at Atlanta prison in 1925. It's from there he then went on to author his famous paper, The First Message to the Negroes of the World from Atlanta prison. In it, he wrote, after my enemies are satisfied in life or death, I shall come back to serve, even as I have served before. In life, I shall be the same. In death, I shall be a terror to the foes of the Negro liberation. If death has power, then count on me in death to be the real Marcus Garvey I would like to be. If I may come in an earthquake or a cyclone or a plague, or pestilence as God would have me, then be assured that I shall never desert you and make your enemies triumph over you." When he was released from prison in 1928, after serving three years of his sentence, Garvey would then travel to Geneva, Switzerland to speak to the League of Nations on issues of race and the worldwide abuse of people of color. A few months later, he returned to Jamaica where he established the People's Political Party, that nation's first modern political organization. Its platform focused on workers, rights, and the poor. In 1935, Garvey returned to London where he lived and worked until his death at the age of 52. Marcus Garvey died on June 10, 1940 from complications brought on by two two strokes. Due to World War II travel restrictions, he was originally buried in St. Mary's Roman Catholic Cemetery in Kensal Green, London. But on November 13, 1964, his body was exhumed and buried beneath the Marcus Garvey Memorial in National Heroes Park in Kingston, Jamaica. While in London, Garvey continued to write and coordinated the establishment of the School of African Philosophy in Toronto to train future leaders of the Universal Negro Improvement Association. By then, the organization had more than a thousand chapters worldwide. Although his legacy as a leader and activist lives on, Garvey's separatist and black nationalist views were not embraced by many of his peers. In fact, W.E.B. Du Bois of the NAACP famously said, Marcus Garvey is the most dangerous enemy of the Negro race in America and in the world. However, Garvey's supporters preferred to focus on his key message, which was steeped in African-American pride. After all, he is credited with coining the phrase, black is beautiful. His philosophy is perhaps best exemplified in the following quote, we must canonize our own saints, create our own martyrs, and elevate to positions of fame and honor black men and women who have made their distinct contributions to our racial history. I am the equal of any white man. I want you to feel the same way. And this concludes this episode. The show is made possible by Anchor, which is providing a great and easy-to-use service for new and seasoned podcasters. If you enjoy learning something new from this show, then make sure to subscribe on Spotify or whichever platforms you listen to your podcasts on. By doing this, you'll stay up to date with my future episodes. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. Remember that Black history should be learned about and celebrated every day, and not just in 28 days. So stay educated, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Yusuf Farsi and until the next episode,